Welcome to Covenant Word of Faith Ministries, where we are no ordinary church. We are moving forward. Every week, transformations are taking place in the lives of people. We hope that you enjoy today's message. How many know that a word from the Lord can change your life? How many know that? One word, just, just one word from the Lord can change your life. And I just, I, I sense that for this year, I don't know how long the Lord has me on this, but it's just one scripture, one word that can change your life. And today, and this is what the Lord has been laying on my heart, is many of you that don't know what our mission is. Right? If I, if I were to ask you, what is our mission? What, what is the ministry's vision. Even some of our leaders sometimes say, I don't, I don't really know what our vision is. And so today, I'm, I'm going to bring out this one scripture that is our vision. And not only is it our vision, but it's our mission as well. It's all wrapped up in one scripture. It's plastered on the back wall. It's on all of our t-shirts. Everywhere you look in this ministry, you see Acts 26, 18. You should know it by heart. I wonder if I just call on somebody's been in the ministry a while and just say, hey, can you can you pull that scripture by heart? Can you tell us what that scripture says? But I won't put anybody on the spot. Don't get don't, don't get nervous. I wouldn't do that. But this is our mission. So I want us to over this scripture real close. And I want us to know and understand what God has called us to do. So if we bring that up, Acts 26, 18. It says, To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in you. Now, I like the way the message Bible said this verse. Listen to this. It says, I'm sending you all to open the eyes of the outsiders so they can see the difference between dark and light and choose light. See the difference between Satan and God and choose God. I'm sending you off to present my offer of sins forgiven and a place in the family, inviting them into the company. This is another family, our family, a company of those who begin real living by believing in me. How many of you can testify today? That when you turn your life around, you invited Jesus into your heart, and you begin to serve the Lord, that right then you really begin living. How I many can testify that? See, it's real living to be able to pray to a God that you know is real, you know is hearing your prayers, and you're facing a $21,000 debt that the IRS says that you owe. And they don't play, right? They don't play. 
and, and to be able to pray and to be able to have the knowledge that there's power in agreement prayer. Now this is real living. See, it's real living to, 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 to be able to know what can I do in this situation. Uh, the IRS is coming after me and they say I owe them $21,000. This is real living. Now, for the person in the world that's on the outside, that's not real living, all they know to do is get into fear, to go try to get some kind of loan, to set up some kind of payment plan with the IRS, to keep having to go to jail or whatever, you know. There's no real living in that. There's no real life in living in fear. And living every day and wondering what's going to happen. Now. Are they going to take me to jail or, or, or am I going to lose everything? There's no real living in that. Real living, though, is knowing Jesus Christ is in me. And I have a connection with my Heavenly Father. My life is turned around and I'm no longer living in darkness. I'm no longer being dominated by Satan. I am living for God. God's on my side. Favor's on my side. God can help me in my problems, in my situation. See, that's real living. And, and, and to be able to say, you know what? The Word of God is real. God's Word is true. What the world says is not true. The Word of God is true. And it says that two on earth, any two on earth shall come together in agreement. Your Heavenly Father will hear you and answer your prayers. And then when you know somebody like Pastor Phillips, that according to everybody's testimony, she's like a priest or something, you know, she has she has this connection to like the Holy Ghost, you know, just, just the direct connection to God. I'm glad I'm married to her, you know. And then to have that knowledge and, 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 and to be able to you know, call Pastor Phyllis. Pastor Phyllis has got this direct connection in, and, and I know that she'll pray for something and if she get into agreement with me, we don't have something. We'll, something's going to change. The weapon may be formed against me, but it's not going to prosper because I know how to pray, I know Pastor Phyllis, and we get an agreement prayer and God's on my side. See, that's real living, God. That's real living. And it's, it's rejoicing when the manifestation comes. When you get that phone call that says, oh, you know all those things. You know, you know that, this whole 21,000 is just locked out. You don't know all those things. See, that's, that's, that's time to rejoice. That's time to rejoice. But the real living started back there. When the prayer started, when, when, when the life was turned around and Jesus was the Lord and Savior, and that person began to have knowledge that I can pray, I can come into agreement prayer, and, and God's on my side, and this thing's going to turn around. See, in 1997, y'all know what happened in 1997. You had to have been there. But in 1997, July 1997, we spent our vacation going to a camp meeting. Jordan just loved camp meetings, 
church meeting. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a trip to the beach, but it was a trip we needed. And we went to a camp meeting. And the Lord was always stirred in us and, and, and me and Phyllis and Pat and, and just warning us and, and, and laying on our hearts and reach out to the youth and all this stuff. And, and so we had already decided that we were going to do it. We, we didn't know what it was going to be called. We didn't know the name of it or anything, but we were going to reach out to the youth. And as we were at this camp meeting, Brother Hagen began to prophesy. And he was he was under the, you know, the spirit of the Lord, was just speaking good and different things and stuff. And he said.
turned for people's eyes to be opened that their lives will be turned around. You you really have to do what Jordan preached last week. Anybody remember what Jordan preached about last week? Huh? Who can tell me what Jordan preached last week? She had let me, let, me, let me give you a hint. She had a trash can up here. Anybody remember the trash can? What what she preached, Katie? Huh? Was you here last week? Who's here? What's she preached about? Very simple. Dumpster diving. Dumpster diving. How do you remember that? She had it, she had it all illustrated out and how how God does his dumpster diving. Well, you understand that that's, that's what Paul was doing, and that's 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 how you get people lives on the that's how you introduce them to the God and turn around. I mean, God had to get over me. I, I tell you, I, you know, I don't know if I'm just getting older or getting more impatient or what, but, you know, it gets kind of rough in that dumpster sometimes. You know, it gets kind of rough, especially when the dumpster comes to your place. You know, and you're trying your best to show the love of Jesus and the love of God and and having that dumpster, man, I mean, that's bad. It's bad having that dumpster. It's bad. I mean, it gets to smell it. It gets to, you know, you hear all kinds of stuff that you don't want to hear. You see all kinds of attitudes. I mean, I just, it, it bothers me when somebody smirks at me. You know, we done told you five times, you read the little side, you, you, you ain't supposed to be running. You know, about not going with these kids, and you're running into these adults, you're not supposed to be running. Now, we got a little time out, bitch. Time out. Kids don't even know what time out is today. What is it, they, what is a time out? And then they start all about tripping, about tripping. Y'all just been tripping up in here. <laughs> Telling me I gotta sit that time out and pay my money, come in here and so what I run a little bit. So what I said a curse word or something. You know, y'all been tripping. Y'all said it just like that. Because, you know, and, and sometimes it just you never in that dumpster and man, this stuff starts getting me upset, you know. <laughs> But God has given them the afterward. He says, look, you're in the dumpster. And the dumpster comes to you. And the dumpster goes out right here in the middle of your place. And it's smelly. And it's cussing. And it's bad attitude. And all that stuff. But still, you got to introduce them to the God of turnaround. Amen. You still got to introduce them to a God that can take them from the light. I mean, from the darkness to the light. And a God that can take them from Satan to God. Amen. That their life, but the thing is, so that they can choose. God is not a mandating God. Aren't you glad? God is such a loving God that He will allow everybody to choose. Our job is not to make them choose. I think we need to uh, Our job is not paint to a make box them get out of the darkness, get out of the dumpster, 
You cannot go outside the box. Our job is to first of all have a vision. And our vision before we ever end the dumpster is to envision them being turned around. See, that's our vision. It it ain't got to be some long, drawn-out, complicated thing. No, we see them turning around. If you got somebody lost in your family, somebody that's out in the world doing all kind of crazy things in the world, your job is first of all to see them turning around. See them giving their heart to the Lord. See them letting Jesus come into their life. That's what vision is. Vision is seeing something. Seeing it. And it's important that we don't forget that, that it is our job to see these young people's lives being turned around. Are all of them going to choose God? No. Are all of them going to choose to believe what the Word of God says over what their teachers have been teaching them for years and telling them that all this stuff in the world is okay and they're supposed to do all this stuff? Are all of them going to believe that the Word of God is true? No. Is it our job to make them believe it? No. Our job is first of all to envision them believing. Envision. Envision their life coming. When you have a situation that comes to your life, whether it's the IRS and saying you owe them twenty one thousand or are you uh, the doctors have said you've got this uh, disease and, 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 and you're not, you know, you've got uh, something that's, that's going to possibly take your life. Your first thing to do is to envision that thing turning around. See, I'm so proud of this Patty because she don't have a off center because she was moving around. Okay, you know how I yeah, I'm still in appropriate view, but I'm using the left and right arrows to. Yeah. She happened to be coming on a Wednesday night many years ago. We were teaching about how the Lord can still heal today. And in that teaching, she heard one little thing that changed her life forever. One little statement, one little word. That's the reason that someone, well, you don't know what Wednesday night or what Sunday or what teaching that you're going to hear that can change your life forever. But on one little Wednesday night, one little Bible study, we were gathered in the coffee shop over there you adults meet together talking about the healing power. She didn't need healing. Man, she was just as healthy as anybody could be. She didn't have no pain. She didn't have, but she didn't have no lazy baby. She was healed. Because she's committed. And she, she, she said, this is my church. If, if my church meets on Wednesday nights and Sunday morning, that's where I'm going to be. And that's why and she did. And she heard this one little part about 
when you pray, after you pray, then begin to thank the Lord that you are here. Or that you're present, whatever, whatever it might be. And we were specifically talking about healing. And so she said, I've never, I've never really heard that before. I've heard people say, well, just keep on praying. You know, well, if you didn't get healed, just keep on praying. Well, we'll keep praying for you. The doctor said you got this and that, whatever. Oh, we'll keep praying for you. But she, she found a hope for something, and it became revelation to her. And she began to share with others, you know. And just pray this one time, and then thank us. Just pray. Because if you pray, and you believe that you receive, then, you know, just keep praying the same prayer over and over. That, that, that indicates your doubt that you start thanking God for it. Understand that there's a gap between the time you pray and the manifestation of it. And so she had no idea that her body was going to come under attack a few years later. And that she would go to the doctor and the doctor would say, You got cancer. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to go through that. She had no idea though when, when she was just here Bible study and she just allowed the word of God to take root inside of her. And not only her, but her granddaughter mother that she's raised. Oh, she's she's hearing the word as well. And Bella, she's one of the smartest kids I've ever seen. And we got we got a lot of smart kids. She's smart, smart. There's several of small smart she's, she's, she's on up there because not only is she smart in books and all that, she's smart in the Word. She's smart in the Word of God. And, and she said, Grandma, we're going we to beat this. We're going to get the Word of God out. And then I went over there to visit them, and they had scriptures everywhere. I mean, scriptures all over the walls. At, at the foot of her bed, I don't know, the mirror or something in the foot. Pictures. And put it away in scriptures all over. All, 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 all scriptures about the promises of God for healing. Now what did she do? She, she had a battle. And there was a weapon formed against her. But she had learned some stuff. First of all, her life, her personal life had turned around. And she knew Jesus was inside of her and she had his promises and she had a connection with God. She knew Pastor Phyllis. She knew Pastor Jeff. She knew that if I say focused on the word of God, we're going to beat this thing. We're going to make it through this thing. And she began to envision herself healed of cancer. I, I believe she envisioned herself breaking that veil. I don't know if she did or not, but she began to envision herself being healed. She took the Word of God. She began to focus on the Word of God. She spoke the Word of God. Bella spoke the Word of God over her. Day in and, day. and the biggest thing that enemy's going to do in any situation is try to put fear in And so one of the main verses that, that she had to really focus in on is God's not giving me the spirit of fear, but I will love this kind of mind. And that's one of those verses, a universal verse. I, I like to look at it that way because it covers every single area of your life. Whether you're under attack in your finances, 
the enemy wants, first of all, to, to paralyze you with fear. Because if he can paralyze you with fear, then he can bring in whatever he wants. But if he can't paralyze you with fear, he can't carry that thing no further. He can't continue on and, and, and cause that weapon to form against you and wipe you out if he cannot paralyze you with fear. And she began to say, you know what, and Bella too, saying God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And every time the enemy put a thought in her mind, well, you need to go ahead and pay people. You need to go ahead and tell them what songs you wanted to do. You need to go ahead and pick out your casket. You need to go ahead. No, she cast those thoughts down. She cast them down. One after another. One after another. She began to see herself in at Bella's graduation. She began to see herself seeing Bella get married. She began to see herself having those great grandkids one day and taking. She began to see those things. But that's what vision is. She began to see it turning around. That's our vision. That's our vision. We see things turning around. You know what my vision is right now for uh, gas prices and food prices? <laughs> Everywhere you look, it looks like they just been higher and I see them turning around. <laughs> I see this nation turning around. Right now, it appears we're, we're man, we're so close to Solomon. We're so close to the days of the block, the days of Noah. But I see it turning around. I do. I don't know what it's going to take, but we got to see it turning around. we got to see things turning around. See your situations turning around. See that God is on your side. There's a favor of God with you. See that there's power in prayer. You see, when you begin to see that for your for yourself, you can help others see that. See, the reason that we have testimonies every Sunday morning is because we want others to see God is blessing. God is meeting needs. You see, a lot of you don't see what what goes in. You know, like the day that Jesus was preaching and, and uh, the the uh, people were praying their offerings up and Jesus stopped his disciples and said, Hey, y'all see all these rich folks giving in the offering and stuff. But y'all see this little widow woman here? She gave more than all of them. And they're like, she only gave two little mites. You know, two yeah, she gave the most because she gave out a sacrifice. Her, her gift was a sacrifice. And see, a lot of times y'all don't see the sacrifices that goes in the altar. Now, Phyllis and I, we, we have to see it. We have to count it. We have to put it in the proper place and so forth. So we, we have to see it. And we see the sacrifice. We saw the sacrifices that as we as we sow the seed in the Roma coming up. We saw the sacrifices. And we saw how God turned around so many situations. So many situations. There was a, a, somebody else in the Roma 
mother church, they gave a sacrificial altar in that, in that same mom. And the, within a couple of years, they didn't, they didn't want to, they, they, they're like, you know, some of us, when we get raised, when we get, you know, financial blessings, sometimes we don't want to appear to be bragging, so we don't want to really say it. We, you know, we'd rather somebody else share it for us or whatever. But hey, when God turns something around, you don't need to praise him. Whether we personally share it or we let somebody else share it for us, you know, God needs to get the praise. And this couple that has sown that seed within a couple of weeks, something happened. We don't know all the details, but something happened in their business that several thousand dollars came to them unexpectedly in just a couple of weeks. You see, people need to hear, they need to know that God cares about every area of our lives. And finances is a big part of our life. Very big part of our life. That's the reason when gas prices are going up and food prices are going up, it, 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 you know, this starts affecting us more because it's affecting our finances. I mean, we, we just got a certain amount of money, you know, all of us. We got a certain amount of money in the budget to do certain things with, and we got to live, we got to eat, we got to put gas in the gas building vehicles. And we go to the pump and we see the price going up and we see it going up more and we see it going up more and, and, and we're tempted to get into fear about it. We're tempted to say, oh man, man how far, where's this thing going to stop that? Where's it going to stop that? Is it going to stop at $5? Is it going to stop at $6? Is it going to stop at $8? Where is this thing going to stop? I don't know. But I'm not going to get into it. Because God has given me a vision to see things turn around. And when you are part of the kingdom of God, whether you're part of this church or any other church, you need to have a vision of things turning around. Because everybody's got different situations. To some people, two mics is a lot. Like it was that way. To some folks, a thousand mics would be moderate. And we can put that in dollars here. So two pennies, to some people, they got nothing. Two pennies is a lot. But to some people, you know, a thousand dollars is not a lot. But when the body comes up to attack, when something else happens and, 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 and they find out, you know, they're going to possibly go bankrupt, those things matter. And it don't matter how much money they got. It don't matter how much land they own, how many buildings they own, how many businesses they own. If they're laid up in the hospital and the doctor says to them, you got three months to live, they need a turnaround. They need a God of turnaround. And that's the thing, folks. Our trust is not to be in money. It's not to be in, in the government. It's not to be in anything except God Himself. And when our trust is in God, and we know that no matter what our situation is, it'll turn around. God can turn it around. He has given us a vision, and then our mission is summed up in the same verse. Our mission is to open their eyes 
in order to turn in the darkness to light for the power sake of God, that they may receive forgiveness of their sins. Now, the world that we live in today, a lot of folks don't even know what the word sin means. And they don't even believe that it is A lot of people don't. They've been indoctrinated by the world's view that sin is non-existent. If it feels good, do it, it's all right. As long as you ain't hurting nobody else, if you have what you want to do, you do it, and it's all right, and it's okay. And, and that's the world view. That's not the right. That's not the word of God. All sin, all of them, they come in as wages. There's a payday. And the world don't know this, and they don't realize this, that one day there's a payday. And sometimes that payday comes in this life, but it may not come for this life as well. And how sad it is for anybody to not have heard, not have been given a choice, and not, not known that there was a way out, and, and they just going along in this world, doing what they want to do, thinking everything is okay, and the world, and everybody around them tells them that there is no sin, and everything they do is okay, and it's all right, and, and they just go on down this path, and nobody is stepping down into the dumpster with them, nobody's getting down in there, getting all dirty and nasty, and hearing their cussing, and hearing their, their attitudes, and all this stuff, and saying, look, there's a better way. Because so many people don't want to get in the dumpster. So many people, even Christians, once their lives turned around, they want to get, you know, they just, everything's nice and, and clean, and, and more they just, you know, feeling good, and they just want to come get around a bunch of other clean people in, in a good, good, you know, church where everybody is good and clean, and, 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 and nobody has had a background of anything other than they, they stole some cookies out of a cookie jar one time. That was the worst thing they ever did. And so, you know, they, and, and, and all of a sudden, somebody come into a church where there's a bunch of ex-sinners, where there's a bunch of ex-druggies, there's a bunch of ex-writers, there's a bunch of ex-fornicators, and the ex-people that have been doing whatever out in the world, and they say, oh my goodness. Y'all go to church with people that used to be a drug dealer? Y'all go to church with people that actually used to live in sin? Absolutely. That is the best place on earth to be. Amen. Hallelujah. And you get down in the dumpster when somebody comes in the door. Oh my. They get in that dumpster. We don't look down our nose at it. We don't say, oh, you smell. Oh, you got bad, 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 bad attitude. Oh, I can't believe you that club last night in our church today. Oh, my goodness. Are you going to be back to the club tomorrow? No. We open our arms, we love them, and we let them know about a God that can turn the things Sooner or later, sooner or later, they will need a major turnaround in their life. Oh, they might be all happy right now, tricky, high, doing all kind of whatever they want to do, you know, got plenty of money, everything going good, healthy, feeling good. 
They come sit down back row, say, yeah, pray the Lord, thank you, Jesus, yeah, good sir, go on out the door, slide them up and join, get some weeds when they get out, you know, problems to deal with, whatever they might do. And we say, man, I can't believe it. They came to church, and they, boy, they got out of the park while they already got the drugs. They already got back out there doing it. I mean, my, no, 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 no. You didn't, you didn't come in the first time. Huh? You didn't get saved first time somebody witnessed to you, did you? Huh? I remember when my sister witnessed to me when I was like 14, I was 13, 14 years old. I said, man, I said, girl, you're crazy. Uh, I'm 14 years old, I wouldn't go to the bar and smoke cigarettes. I said, I can't wait to get all of my blood and go buy me some beer. 14 years old, I cannot believe that they would sell beer to a 14 year old, drive the motorcycle up to the store. Yeah. And then when you talk about dangerous, you were a motorcycle crazy? 14 years old? I mean, how in the world did we not get killed or kill somebody else? I don't know. We're stupid. We're stupid, stupid, stupid. Took me several more years before I gave my heart to the Lord. And it came to a point where I needed a friend. I needed my life turned around and I almost got killed and I almost see myself burning in hell. <laughs> I mean, I was within the blink of an eye of burning forever. Man, it's it's called me into reality of how quick you can lose your life, how quick this thing can be over, how quick you can go from right here, you're alive, everything good, and boom, you'll be gone. I told Phil, I said, we got to go to church. Ooh, we got to get to the altar. And he did. But it wasn't before her daddy and her mama had harassed us for months and months and months. Y'all don't want to church with people. Well, you know, we don't have this and that. We don't have some food. You know, all the preacher we got now, he won't, you know, he, he's going to, you know, have to preach with people or something. Hey, everybody go home. Everybody have to be back. Okay, fine. You know, we'll come. We'll come if we got that, you know, one of them kind of preachers just say, yeah, you know, if you do something, if I go home, I'll be all good. If I do it, I'll go home. Okay. Everybody stand up. Everybody. I don't want nobody sitting here. Everybody stand up. Yes, sir. We're standing up. 
Let me, you know, we know they are export, right? Everybody's standing there. He said, now I want everybody, every single person, everybody coming to this office, right? Now I want everyone to come down here. I want nobody to sit here. Come down here, right? I'm like, okay. Man, this is going to get a little warm. <laughs> you know what? Look. But Billy got her hand, she's like, this tall. That's no pleasure. Woo, she's a tall woman. She's still in 90, how much? She's 90 something. Still, She's like seven foot tall. And she wears what, a size 40 or something like that? Something like that. And she's a woo, she's a big woman. And she's standing there. You know, we were putting it up here at the office, but we still in the back there, right? You know, we still, we still in the back there. And we're going to do this. We're going to get out that exit door. I keep looking to see where that exit door And he said, now I want you to turn to the one behind you and ask them this question. If you were to die today, would you go to be with Jesus or would you burn in hell? If they say, I'd go with Jesus, rejoice with them. If they say, I would burn in hell, then bring them to this altar. Now, when you're on the back row, you ain't got nobody to turn to. They tricked me. I'm on the back. Everybody's turning, and I ain't got nobody. There ain't nobody behind me, so I can't turn to nobody. There's no Jesus. Look down If you were to die today, would you burn in hell or would you go to be with Jesus? I'd burn, I'd burn, I'd burn. I knew I'd burn. You know that's a crazy question. There's so many people, y'all, in this world today, if you were to ask them that same question, I would burn or go with Jesus. Because they've been indoctrinated with untrue and stuff that ain't around with the word of God. I've been at least taught that. At least my parents, even though they didn't take me to church, they sent me to church with others. And I learned something about it. If you don't know Jesus, you will burn. Now some people are like, that's kind of tough. Now, you don't say stuff like that these days. You don't tell people that. Am I, am I disturbing a little? They need to be disturbed a little bit. I'm glad somebody disturbed me because that day when they snowed looked down on me and I said, I burn, I burn. He said, well, come on to the altar. And he feel his soul before he's lost in that place. And our lives turn around. Our lives turn around. That thing will No longer did I want to go to the same place. No longer did I want to do the same things that I had to do. And from that point on, after our lives are turned around and we come into church, we begin to learn some things about God, we begin to learn about His Word, we begin to have a desire to get down in that fellowship and help somebody else because we do. We have been in that fellowship. And somebody got down in that fellowship and helped us. They put up with our junk. Phyllis's mom and daddy put up with our junk. And they kept on getting that gospel. Kept on saying, hey, Lord, I'm going to church this weekend. I'm going to church this weekend. I wonder how many of us spent this past weekend in a big way inviting 
Pasa ahí, quiero.
I don't know, I don't know, you know, we had Alejandro's here or whatever, we did it with Rob, we did it with, you know, we had people that spoke, different ones spoke, shared their testimony and stuff. And what did they do? They didn't try to make nobody do anything. They introduced them to a God of truth. They introduced them to a God that could turn things around for them. They were sharing their testimony. They've been on drugs and did drugs and made drug dealers and all this stuff. And now they're serving the Lord and saying all this stuff. And I don't know what impacted her, but all I do know is she started coming to church after that. She first started coming on Wednesday nights. And then she started coming on Sunday and Wednesdays. And I have seen her life before me, before my eyes, because a lot of y'all haven't seen her. You know, she's here on Friday nights and Saturdays, and, and she loves to skate and all this. But she has developed into having a service heart. And she wants her help. And she's just here, she's working out there with everybody. And I was just kidding with her one day. I said, you want to clean the bathroom? She said, yeah, I'm That's what I do. She ain't just here for the spotlight. When she put them gloves on the floor of the bathroom, and y'all don't know the bathroom that he, he dumps the kids in. <laughs> 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 you have a bunch of dumps the kids in those private houses, they go to the bathroom. Oh, you better be ready when you go in there. <laughs> you see stuff, and sometimes you put it off the seat in the way, you know. Oh, you know about asking. So when somebody will clean the bathroom, they got to serve the party. And that's why I'm proud of her. She had an excuse in the world to get her car to go to the bathroom. she decided to come to do the work of God. Y'all know what? That's what I'm All I would love to see such an impact that all those kids are here all 50 or 100 or whatever it was would be here today and they have chosen God and they have chosen to listen to the word of God. What wonderful news that would be. But if it's only one, it's one. It's one kid in that house. It's one put up whatever I put up there. And I that one that say, you know what? I want to talk. I want to receive this God that you're talking about. I want to receive Jesus. And I want my life to come in. And she's just beginning. She don't even realize what all that I've had to show her. She don't realize how great she's going to be in a year from now. Even six months from now. She, she, she don't even realize that. But she's applying herself and she's learning to be
cash costs don't turn around, food costs don't turn around, risky choice don't turn around. The problem is nothing in the country. I pray for those who are watching online right now, those who are here today. Father, if there's anybody here today that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, or anybody watching online, God, that you would touch their heart right now. God, that they would know, Father, that you can turn things around for you. God, that you can raise the above. You can turn that financial situation around. You can turn around that health situation. Whatever it is, just God, to a God of Now, let's pray together. Anybody here, for those who are watching online, just say, say a prayer. Let's say, Heavenly Father, come with me. You know my heart. If I were to die today, you know where I was going to I will stay eternal to you, Jesus. I will be in heaven. So, Jesus, today, I say with my mouth, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I commit my life to you, and I want to live with you. Turn my life around. Turn around my situations. My loved ones that are lost, help me to see them turning around. Help me to see this community turning around. Help me to see the young people turning around. Help me to see this nation turning around. Help me to see the world turning around. For you, out from the darkness into the light, out from the power of Satan unto your power. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Now, once that's done, it's for you to have and all of those watching to have around. A place in we are a family. That's the reason church is important. We are working as a family. All of us together. That's the reason we call one another. We get agreement for it. We, we help each other to join together with because one can put a thousand in the fire, two can put a hundred, ten thousand. Your spiritual power increases by 10,000 times for each one to join in the That's what a church family is. God bless you for those who want to align with this issue. In Jesus' name, if you've got a prayer request or a praise report or anything that you want to come in, please send us a comment. We love you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the message received from the Lord. If you would like to give into this ministry, you can go to our website at www.turnaroundcc.org/give.